Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. I feel blessed the way I grew up. Do you? Um, I didn't have it necessarily perfect or easy. I moved a lot as a child, not because of the court systems, not because of anything nefarious, but because my dad was in the military. But I think that made me overall a better human being. And again, I don't feel bad about it in any way, shape or form. We're all different. I think I can see the world slightly differently than you can. Uh, I don't feel that we need to embrace or grab or glob on to anyone per se for investment advice. I think you can do a lot of it yourself. I think there will come a point where you don't want to do it yourself. Um, But you also have to be very open-minded, which is kind of the trick of being good at this. Video games, for instance... kind of operate in my world. I know you're saying you're a financial guy. You're, you should be profit margins. You should be debt to equity. You should be debt to sales, sales book ratio. Like, no. That's part of it for sure. But you have to be very open-minded and kind of like get out of that area a little bit. And to give you an idea, I was doing some research last night for today's show. And sometimes I feel like, okay, you're talking about Fortnite too much. I get it. And I get mad at myself. I'm like, I got to find new things to talk about. Like, never, ever use a debit card. Debit cards are dangerous. You can have your entire life savings stolen through a debit card, but through a credit card, not so much. Because the credit card company takes the risk versus the debit card company is your bank account. I don't use a debit card. I don't even have a debit card in my wallet. I see people, and I know people who use debit cards, and I'm like, you're not very smart. So I could talk debit cards. I could talk about China trade wars. But right now, I want to talk eSports. It's the biggest secular growth trend in the United States and media. And again, you look at eSports, and you're like, that little nerd just beat me in Madden football. I'm 40 years old, and a little six-year-old just beat me because he's got those fingers that can fire a twitch Joysticks with no, but that little six-year-old punk who can operate a Xbox controller better than you can—he's growing up in a world that's watching esports. You might have grew up in an era where you had Michael Jordan as your king of sports media. Maybe it was Bo Jackson, a two-sport athlete. I don't know. I've never been a guy who's had a a thing for athletes. I find it pseudo weird. 
But, but, time spent with media is part of the the world of of finance, TV, radio, magazines. They all feel very, very stale compared to esports. They're all being cannibalized. What's for dinner? Your father. <laughs> That's what the cannibal said, right? Ma'am, what's for dinner? Um, so TV, radio, and magazines, not doing it for me. Not as an investor. Doesn't, there's no sizzle. And I hate that term, sizzle, in my world. There was a point in time where, when I was younger, I, I was increasingly looking at becoming part of the venture capital landscape of getting clients access to hot IPOs. And every pitch meeting you would go to, there would always be some 28-year-old douche. And you know what I mean by that. A guy who's wearing an expensive suit. It's probably more expensive than a car he drove. You know, that kind of thing. And during the meeting, he'd go, what's the sizzle? Blah, blah, blah. We don't care about your employees. We don't care about your profit margins. We don't care about your product. We don't care that you're in it to win it or that you're a good guy. What's the sizzle? Right now, sizzle to me is 18 to 25-year-olds. You know why? Because when I was 18 to 25, I did a lot of stupid things with my money. I never went to a white party where everyone has to wear white pants and white shirts. Never did that. But I went to Stanley Cup playoff games. I took girlfriends on world-class vacations. That's what I did that was stupid in my 18 to 25 time frame. What did you do? Well, 18 to 25-year-old now, they're staying at home and watching video games. Get this. 30 million people watched a FIFA World Cup. Electronic Arts streamed. 30 million people. When you hear about the World Cup coming around or the Super Bowl coming around, one billion people worldwide are watching it. The world shuts down. The world doesn't go to work. Live sports are a hero for sure to the television industry. But esports, I don't know if you could say they compete with live sports. Maybe, uh, yeah. One-third of 18 to 25-year-olds globally spend more than an hour a day playing video games. So you're sitting on your couch, and every cliche is true. That person's fat, that person's white, that person's pasty, person hasn't seen sun, that person's never kissed a girl. One-third of 18 to 25-year-olds globally spend more than one hour a day. What's that tell you? That's a lot of people who need... A dating app. It's a lot of people who need food. It's a lot of people who need vacations. And who does dating apps? Who does food? Who does uh, vacations? Advertisers. The esports audience is expected to rise 14% annually to $645 million by the year 2022. Let's stop and think about that uno momentero. 14% annual growth. I'll, I'll take it. You're not going to offend me on that one. Anything that's growing faster than our economy has a chance for that sector or that stock to outperform the stock market. Doesn't mean that it will. 
but it has that chance. It's like the movie Dumb and Dumber, where one of the dumb characters asks a very hot, sexy woman, so, are we going to get married? She goes, no. But I never say never. He goes, so I got a chance. Absolutely, positively not, but I have a chance. So you have a chance to outperform. You have a chance to be a winner. You have a chance to be successful in investing. If you look at things that are growing faster than the economy. Activision has a lot of intellectual property. It manages a large global super fan community. There's a lot of Call of Duty esport leagues, Overwatch leagues. So it has a little bit of a moat around itself. Electronic Arts also has a lot of esports opportunities with Madden, with Battlefield, with Apex Legends. So it's not all Fortnite and Epic. 20 million people, 20 million gamers competed in the FIFA tournament, but 30 million viewers watched Electronic Arts host a video game soccer tournament. That's a lot of advertiser do-re-mi. That's a good thing, not a bad thing in the world of investing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. All too often, I take you, the listener, for granted. And I kind of assume that you know. And I guess I shun it. I was having a lively conversation with someone at the radio station. Names will go unnamed. But he's a younger person, and he's asking me about credit. And I said, oh, I good credit card I use is the, the city double cash card. You get 1% back when you spend money. You get 1% back when you pay off your, your credit. I don't carry a balance. I grew up as a young boy going, credit cards are evil. I heard enough from people that if you don't make the money, why are you borrowing the money? You should use cash. And that was a little bit ignorant. Credit's important. Having a credit score is important. Messing it up can make you pay more for a car, make you pay more for a house. I just got a refi done with Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com because I have great credit. At times, it ranges from 750 which is great, all the way to like 805. I've seen higher credit scores, and I can't get it because I have too much, I'm juggling too much debt. But I still am considered a great credit score. So let's talk a little bit about this, because I recommend it to a friend, a card that I have. And I think a Target card is awesome. I think an Amazon credit card makes sense if you shop at Amazon, you get 5% back. Uber has a credit card now that gives you discounts on Ubers, if you're a big Uber user. Now, we as a society, we're sitting at home playing video games, right? So maybe a, a DoorDash credit card? I don't know if DoorDash has a credit card. I'm not saying they do or they don't. I don't know. But I advise a friend, like, hey, this double cash, is it's good. You don't have to think too much about it. If you're someone who's always hopping on an airplane, you want an aer- airplane card or a travel credit card. 
if you're someone who likes, you know, hotels, you probably want a hotel credit card. I tend to stay loyal to Hilton Properties because they give me 17 points for every dollar I spend at their hotels. And that's not bad. That gives me a lot of free hotel rooms through the years. So there's no one-size-fits-all. But I told a friend, I'm like, here, go get this card. And he applied, and he got turned down because they said, you have no credit. I'm like, ah. Oh. See how I say that I try to like understand you, and sometimes I don't? I am no longer in my 20s. I, in my 20s, I very embarrassingly, humbly walked into a circuit city, probably at age 16, to be honest with you. And uh, Circuit City, a big electronics store before there was Best Buy. Best Buy basically put Circuit City out of business. Circuit City was a great place to go for stereos and car stereos and speakers and satellite TV receivers and things like stupid stuff like that. Stuff that men, 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 men feel like we have to have. So when you turn 16 and you're all man, you're all testosterone, you're all hormone, just going crazy. I walked into a Circuit City and thinking like, hey, I can get women to love me if I have a big set of speakers. I didn't have money to buy $400 per speaker, $800 speakers. So I, I coyly went, can I get a credit card? Because all these electronics and all these stores have cards. And they're the easiest cards to get, typically. Now, they're also the worst cards to get. And sometimes, like, you'll open, like, you'll be at Macy's, and they're like, you'll be like, I'm getting this shirt for 20% off. I saw the sale sign. And the, the, the person behind the cash register goes, no, no, no. It's 20% when you open a credit card with Macy's. And you're like, oh. And you're like, geez. I thought the sign said 20% off. And then you read the fine, 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 fine print. And it's only if you open an account. So they, at the point of sale, they're like, do you have a credit card? Do you have a Macy's card? And you're like, no. And I don't want one either. Because I've heard credit cards are bad. They're evil. They're the devil. And like, but you can save 20%. And you're like, okay, sign me up. We'll do anything for 20% off, right? Even though the clothing has a 100% markup in retail, we'll, we'll do anything for 20% off. I'd rather get a job at a Macy's than open a Macy's credit card. So how can you build credit if you have no credit? Well, first and foremost, there's a good app called Credit Karma. And it'll show you your credit score. It doesn't hurt your credit report. You can actually hurt your credit report by going to like 10 different car dealers and say, I want to buy a Mercedes. And they're like, well, let's see your credit. And I'm like, okay. And then you go to like a Tesla. I want to buy a Tesla. And they're like, let's see your credit. They'll look at your credit and it'll ding your score because they're, the lenders are thinking, holy mackerel, this guy who works in radio at minimum wage or near minimum wage wants to buy a $60,000 car. So we need to be careful and protect ourselves. So how would I do it if I was 20, 22, 23, 24, 25? I probably wouldn't buy, walk into a circuit city because they're out of business. But I would consider a retail store to start building credit, and I would pay it off every month. After about three or four payments, you're going to have credit. Or you can go to bankrate.com, Nerd Wallet. There's a lot of good consumer sites tied towards credit and how to get it and what the best cards are. And you can get a secured credit card. And that literally, you'll send in a check for $300. And they'll send you a credit card that has a $300 limit. And you can start using it for your door dashes. You can start using it for your small purchases and pay it off every month. And ta-da, a few months later, you're going to have 
You're going to be able to graduate from a secured credit card to a real credit card where you don't have to secure it with cash. They'll take your word because you have credit. I'm trying to like tra- draw a parallel between a training bra and a bra, but can't do it. Can't do it in the hashtag Me Too era. I'm trying, though. You can get a credit builder loan. No. You can use a cosigner. Ma'am, can, I co- can you cosign on a credit card for me? I promise I'll pay it back. That may not be the best deal for mom, but it's a good deal for the, the person who has no credit. Or you could even ask your mother, 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 can I, can I become an authorized user on your credit card? That'll build credit. You could try the old-fashioned way of taking a look at your bills and trying to add those to your credit score. There's a company called Experian, who's a credit bureau, and they offer a service that if you like pay a monthly um, phone bill, they'll add that to your credit report. So you can go to Experian. Experian Boost is the service, but Experian will add some of your phone and utility bills to your credit report so that you can build credit. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Big travel time. Big travel weekend. End of summer. Gas prices. How about airfares? We can talk about this and much, much more. Obviously, this is a show dedicated to getting into retirement. I would say it's the road to retirement that we're all on, that we share the same path on some levels. Some of us are going to get further along than others. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Money, investment, and more. One of the things I do pride myself on is that I I do think we're moving the right direction in content and information as far as educating you about retirement issues. Gas prices are going to be high this holiday weekend, so we have that to deal with and contend with. There's no doubt about it. Boeing, their MAX 787, 787 Boeing MAX jets could bring, get this, could bring a price war this time next year. Ah, oh, you're killing me. You're talking about vacation next year? That's right. Airfares are likely to fall next year after global regulators are expected to eventually grant permission for the Boeing 737 MAX jet to carry passengers again. Um... I've heard a lot of news recently. I've seen a lot of news recently about the Boeing planes and how some carriers are starting to move them around from where they were grounded at. So they're getting kind of pseudo permission to put them in the air, but not with people on them per se. So what happens when we get all those aircraft back in the air? The pilots are flying again. A lot of pilots have been suffering some outages, so to speak, as the capacity has been reduced in the air industry. Have you probably heard some flights have been canceled? I've experienced, I know other people have experienced it. 
where they go on a trip and they try to get back and it just isn't quite as easy. So price of airline stocks are one thing, but price of airline tickets are another. I got to get you on one of those two, right? Prices of airline stocks already reflect fear of a surge in capacity. You've seen companies' um, stocks fall. So companies like American Airlines, Southwest, Alaska, all publicly traded companies. Airline stocks continue to underperform right now. This time next year, you may have a little bit of a surge as those 737 MAX get back into the air. Now, again, I'm making an assumption that the software is eventually fixable. And trust me, I'm not working on the software, so I don't know. I've heard some pretty horrific things like they were using engineers to write the software who were making near minimum wage. Not like a Filipino sweatshop, but it's not the direction you want the software engineers skewed towards, if you know what I'm saying. So the thought is, this time next year, is that North American Airlines will have a lot more planes in the air. And that should lead to a price war for you and me to be able to fly to various locations There'll be a rush deliveries along with capacity growth previously planned for 2020, which means airlines won't have a normal year in terms of their increase in their ability to haul passengers until 2021. So there'll be a ton of opportunity to get cheap tickets. Uh, American Airlines is probably the stock angle. If you want it to go a stock angle tied towards planes being grounded. It's kind of funky, right? And my dad, changing topics, worked one job his whole life. I, I think so. No, no, no. That's not even close to correct. He had two jobs his whole life that I could think of. One was working in the military. My dad got to kill people. He was a soldier. He was an officer, not a gentleman, but he was an officer. He's a gentleman to some, but not to me. But after retirement, he worked for a contractor. So very untypical. As a teenager, I worked in far too many restaurants. I would wait tables, make a ton of money, and then I'd go spend it like in Europe. So I was going after those experiences. Get this. The average American is going to change jobs a dozen times over the course of their career. And most of those moves will bring up a big question. What's that question, you ask? Should I take my retirement money with me or let it be? This is not the Beatles. It's not a let it be. Let it be. Let it be. It's not the Beatles. Typically, you want to take the money with you. But no, 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 not so fast. You tend to want to roll it over into another 401k or a similar like product with Fidelity Vanguard or TD Ameritrade or Schwab. A lot of people make rash decisions when they're leaving jobs and they don't think about that 401k. I don't want you to be lackadaisical. Can you imagine we have a word? In the English language, 
which means sloppy lazy. It's called lackadaisical. You don't want to leave a trail of 401ks behind as if some detective is going to, say, be put on the case of, where did Stephen go? Let's find where he's been and find all of his 401ks. A lot of people leave their 401ks at their jobs. 42% of people who left jobs didn't realize that leaving their money in the workplace plan was even an option. You can do that. Did you know? Is it lackadaisical? It's better than rolling it over to yourself and taking cash. You don't want to simply cash out. You don't necessarily want to leave it in the old company's 401k, but that's a better option. So there's better options. Oh, good God. Now we have to structure things. You can blow your retirement savings that you've amassed pretty quickly, cashing out and not reinvesting funds in a qualified retirement plan. Is stupid. In a recent survey, a third of respondents said they had withdrawn money prior to retirement, which I think is mind-blowingly numb. Your 401k is meant for retirement. It's not meant for a house. It's not meant for a car. It's not meant for your baby. I had a baby. My baby needs a bottle. You're not supposed to take your 401k money for your baby. People don't realize the incredible cost of taking cash out of their 401k and their financial security. You get hit with taxes and penalties. And those taxes and penalties will rob you of your future retirement income. You kind of want to be cool about how many times you roll over your plans. Which is the opposite of kind of leaving it there. You could transfer the funds directly to another account or you could do a rollover. A rollover is a term that we probably need to stop and think about for uno momento. It means moving money from one retirement account to another. You're rolling it over. The money is best moved from one institution directly to another via direct transfer so that you don't have to get a check. If you leave your company and say, I want my 401k back, buddy. I deserve a little respect. You don't get it. If they give you, if they catch you a check for your 401k that you had saved at company A, you only have 60 days to roll that money over into a qualified IRA. Or, and that's, that's a strong term, an IRA, individual and retirement account, or a qualified plan. Or you hit penalties. So my advice is try not to job change too many times. Try not to roll over too many times. Don't leave it in cash. Don't take it in cash and don't leave it at your old company. I think it's best self-directed if you feel comfortable with that. If you don't, it's probably best to leave it at your old company. But I don't like that option. I think you're smarter than that. At least I have to say that out loud. I may not actually truly believe it. You're all stupid. You're all going to stupid prison. I don't believe that. Okay, maybe a little bit. I don't believe it. 5G's talk, uh, big talk, talky talk, 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 talk. It should be a catalyst. Faster internet. Your ability to stream a high-definition movie will be faster. Do we really need that? 
Is it really that much of a new technology? And the answer is yeah. Mobile carriers are debuting 5G wireless service. It's coming out in bits and spurts. Some companies like Sprint are saying, we're going to hyper-focus it on areas with density. Some companies like AT&T and Verizon are saying, we're going to spread the whole nation, but it's going to take us a little bit more time than the hyper-focus. So you're going to hear a lot about it. What it should do is create better connectivity. Always on, all the time. It should create new applications. The new application should spur the economic activity. Little spurring of the economic activity should help the stock market. It's one of those trends that I'm not going to say you should bank on, but it's around the corner. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Just digging a little Florence in the Sheen. Sorry. I got that going on today. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Stocks around the world rallied. It's pretty interesting that I say it. Say it. Um, basically, because China said something, I'm going to say, kind of nice. Trade words. Remember how your mama said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt you. Words are moving the market these days. You know, some people say actions are louder than... Words are pretty loud right now. They're speaking louder than actions. And weirdly, and this I mean this truly when I say this, weirdly, it creates a situation that adds billions and billions and billions of market dollar value to the stock market. You could say it's a predetermined response to something that's um, kind of becoming like tennis, you know, watching the ball go back and forth. China's going to do a deal. China's not going to do a deal. China's going to do a deal. China's not going to do a deal. U.S. is going to throw in sanctions. U.S. won't throw in sanctions. U.S. is going to throw in sanctions. U.S. won't throw in sanctions. So for China's commerce minister to come out and say, yeah, we're willing to solve the problem of trade through consultation and cooperation with a calm attitude. We firmly oppose escalation of the trade war. You're like, ah, that's nice. So today we move higher. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I have no clue where we go tomorrow. When the trade war is put to rest and put to bed, whether it be that day, that year, that month, that quarter, we should see stocks move higher. But no one has the timetable right. If we did... We wouldn't tell you. And would put big bets on it. Big bets, sizable bets. I've got a lot of money. I'm willing to put it all on the table for what's going to happen shortly after China and the U.S. make peace in the trade war. No way. That's not how money works. Even though I like the stock market, even though I like capitalism, even though I think the trade war will eventually end, 
I still keep some cash on the sidelines just in case things get ugly. But it is kind of nice to hear that China's aim is to find a way through resolution and not necessarily through tariff increases. But didn't they just last week say they're... Uh, yes. So you could call it an olive stick, an olive branch, an olive twig. Both the United States and China seem to be playing uh, a little bit of poker. Stock earnings and retail. It's been a pretty fascinating quarter for retail. In large part because we know tariffs are coming. We know Christmas is coming. So what are companies going to do to get goods on their, their hangers, on their racks, on their shelves? Without getting kicked in the, the teeth with higher taxes in the process of selling it to you. So Dollar General, Dollar Tree, five below. All having decent quarters. And then you've seen some companies who, meh, following their results, not so nice. Abercrombie and Fitch, Best Buy, always bargain outlet. You know what I love about, like, even talking stocks is, like, I go to Best Buy. I've got a good concept of it. I bring it up on, on air on conversation with you because you have a good concept of Best Buy. You got a good concept of Target. You get the idea. I think I used to shop at Abercrombie and Fitch when I was in college, maybe high school. Was it a mall? There's some stocks in some retail stores who are stocks that just kind of slip by. Slip sliding away. Simon and Garfunkel. Paul Simon. Slip sliding away. Probably one of the worst songs of all time, but hey, he's a legend, so we go, it must be good. It must be good if Paul Simon did it. He's done. He's finito. He's, he's finished. How's that for a career? If you ever look at football players, baseball players, and you see their average career in the professional leagues, it's about three years You go, I hope they save money, because I'm going to work from age 20 to 60, and i got 40 years to play with, whereas professional athletes have three how about musicians? You're in your 20s, you're hot, you're sexy, you're all that in a bucket of chicken, and you're able to work till late 70s like Paul Simon? That's not too shabby. Initial claims for the week ending August 24th increased by 4,000. First-time unemployment claims are a big thing to pay attention to right now. We've seen a little bit of weakness in high-end consumers. They're not buying expensive cars. They're not buying expensive houses. They're not buying buying expensive jewelry. So the core of our economy now shifts. If we take the high-end luxury buyer out, it it goes to the middle. So that's why we pay so much attention to the jobs report. In a good economy or bad economy, we'll kind of take the higher end and we'll go, yeah, that's kind of like gravy. But the stake, so to speak, is the mid-level consumer who has jobs. And the number wasn't bad. Initial claims comes out on Thursdays. Every Thursday. It's an important leading indicator. And it's not a negative right now. It's not raising a it's not rising a flag, raising a flag for us. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.